0: We're live, baby. There we go. We just don't have cool intro music yet.
1: That's all. You know what I mean? No big deal. Yeah.
0: So, hey, gang, welcome back to the XFL and USFL football betting show on the Backdoor Cover Network. I'm Phil. As always, I'm joined by my main man, Kyle. Kyle, what is happening?
1: Listen, I'm sitting down. We got we got football left, right, up, down, whichever way is possible, right? We got uh the NFL draft going on, where my Philadelphia Eagles have been fantastic through the draft, and now we're sitting here with a little bit of playoff football in the XFL, and uh, the continuing USFL uh, cash register ATM that we've that we've made over the last two seasons.
0: Yeah, man. Um... My draft for hometown Indianapolis Colts did not go the way that I was expecting last (laughs) night. If you were watching the live stream, you could see that I was mildly displeased with the Anthony Richardson pick. And I don't want to spend any more time thinking about it because I have a lifetime to regret it. So let's just hop right in. Kyle, there were absolute fireworks last week in the XFL. To quickly recap, the Saturday slate started off with the Battlehawks taking on the Guardians. They had to hang a number on the Guardians to force the Sea Dragons' hand for that last playoff spot. The Battle Hawks won and they poured on 53 to 28. The only thing is, they couldn't stop the Guardians. AJ McCarron passed for 420 and six touchdowns, but the Guardians, they did just enough to be a thorn in the side. They pulled out all the tricks, uh, you know, crazy plays, fake punts deep in their own end zone. I mean, just all kinds of shit to try and try and keep this, uh, this battle Hawks team out of the playoffs. And eventually it was successful. Did you watch this game and what'd you see?
1: Yeah, I watched. Um, I mean, what you saw was a, a team desperate, you know what I mean? We, we knew we would see that. We talked about that, you know, uh, last week when we pr- were breaking down these games, it, it looked like it was going to be a desperate team. You know, they knew they had to put up points. Um, you know, I thought we were going to see a lot of zero blitzes and things like that, which, you know, ultimately were, was going to allow Orlando to score points. And at the end of the day, you know, they overcommitted in a lot of different things to try and get stops. And Orlando was able to, you know, score them points. So the game went, um, you know, pretty much how I thought it was going to go. So, but I mean, I think if you're a Battle Hawks fan, I think it's, I think it's really, Good to see how many points your team put up. I think that they're going to want to see more of this, more McCarron throwing the ball like he did and, and playing as well as he did next year. Uh, it w- wasn't quite enough to get to the playoffs, but it was a good game to watch for sure. There was a lot of fireworks, a lot of action.
0: Yeah, man. Um, you know, I as a an avid Seattle Sea Dragons fan, of day one, if you will, I was. You know, you know, it, it it sucks for the league. I, I feel like the the playoff system is broken. You know that a seven and three team is sitting on the sidelines, and they're going to be watching a four and six renegades team playing the playoffs. It, it just doesn't seem right. I feel like it should be the two division winners, two wild cards. You know, throughout the final six teams. That that's that's just my feeling on it. This Battle Hawks team was good enough to make the playoffs. Kind of unfortunate because they they do have the best fan base this year. Uh, unfortunately, they're they're relocating next year, but uh, this year they were the most rabid fan base. They showed up 5,000 strong for every home game. So it kind of sucks. You know, the, the XFL shot themselves in the foot there, leaving, you know, the, the, the best fan base on the sidelines.
1: Yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? You know, I mean, the, when you're in a league with as few teams that the XFL and even the USFL have, there's really not much more you can do. You know, you're you're really expecting a few teams to get in, and the only thing I can tell them is, you know, win more games next year. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> don't lose three times. Don't lose three times, and you'd be in the playoffs. Bingo.
0: So, uh, moving on, Kyle. Another game with playoff implications on Saturday. The DC Defenders and Jordan Teamu played those San Antonio Brahmas, and they got out quick. They they were up nineteen to three at one point. And ended up just holding on 29 to 28. Jack Cohn was good again. He had 312 yards through the air, uh, but they just didn't do enough. Uh, the, the late field goal attempt went awry, and the San Antonio team is staying home. What, what did you see in this game?
1: Uh, I saw my hopes and dreams go out the window. Uh, this was, listen, it's anybody who listens to us know. That this Brahma's team is that's my team, you know. That's that's my boys. I I expected and really hoped for them to win this game, especially with DC. DC was already in, it was a a foregone conclusion that they were, you know, the the one seed it was over. And I thought that the Brahma's, who did play well, were going to be able to do a little bit more. Um, what I saw in this game was you didn't see the patented Brahma's defense, which was a little bit weird to give up 29 points at DC. Um, you know, it was, they, they missed the the field goal at the end there. So they, they certainly had an opportunity, but uh, you know, it was, it was weird because, you know, usually the Browns offense is what holds them back. So it was uh it was weird to see that it kind of had flipped. It's it's just kind of another one of those scenarios where a team's kind of letting it all hang out. They they know they need to at least win the game first and foremost. And uh they didn't get it done. So it was it was a tough game to watch for me. But I think it goes to show just how good DC is. Um they've they've been fantastic all year. They are a team that is most likely the, the team to beat. And I honestly, I didn't think, I was hoping we weren't going to see as much tayami win this game as we did. Um, ended up, these, you know, these starters, these idiots played the entire game. Listen, to that, and if you think about it, I mean, they were playing to win too. So if yeah, you think about it, it shows that, you know, this Brahma's team. They started to come on a little bit. I mean, this was the best team in in this league all year long, and the Brahmas had an opportunity at the end. So, you know, it was it was something that was really really difficult. Um, you know, it, it was only a fifty three yard field goal. It wasn't anything that was crazy crazy long. It's it's one that us Brahmas fans are gonna sit back and be pretty upset about.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean it. The the fuel goal kicking had been so strong for the Brahmas this year. So it, that, at at points, that kicker was probably their their most um reliable player. I, his name escapes me. I think it's something Romo. But yes. Um I mean the guy was an absolute stud, so it stinks that you know he has to to go all off season thinking about that. But um, you know, the, the Brahmas they're three and seven for a reason. I mean, they were a flawed football team. It would have been cool to see them in there. Um, but, you know, just just didn't work out. So after that Sunday, we saw uh, it was the Roughnecks and the Renegades. And we were all over this one. The the Roughnecks were a dog, man. And it, it just it didn't seem right. Uh, and they, they won twenty five to nine. Very, very vanilla from the Roughnecks. The Renegades kind of stink. So. You know, Bob Stoops, I I think once they knew the Brahmins had lost, that that they sort of, you know, went vanilla as well. So this was kind of a tough game to watch. Never really in doubt. Our rough next bet was safe from the get-go. And, uh, yeah, so what what did you see?
1: Uh, I saw pretty much what we thought we were going to see, right? Um, We knew that Arlington was a very mediocre team uh, all year on both sides of the ball. You know, there wasn't a ton of – things about this team on either sides of the ball offensively defensively special teams that really stood out through the year and you know this shows that all the brahmas had to do was hit that field goal and we're looking at a a different scenario here you know we're we're, we're sitting where you know the brahmas are playing a roughnecks this week so it's you expected and i expected uh as well a a bit more out of Arlington than we saw. And it was was very, very surprising. I mean, to put up nine points in that game and to look as, I I don't know, inept as as they did. Yeah, I mean, listen, they got ran all over. Jeremy Cox, twenty-one for one hundred and twenty. Um, Cole McDonald, you know, quarterback, eight for sixty-six with another touchdown. Um, he also completed ten of eleven passes for one hundred and twenty yards. as one pass went for an interception. Um, so no, he no hit balls throw. hit the yeah no, no balls, balls hit the hit ground there. Yeah. You no, know, it's 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 pretty impressive. You know what they were able to do. They just do whatever they wanted. Luis Perez is you know, continues to be the, you know, definition of mediocre in these type of leagues. He's a summer league quarterback. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's 22 of 36 or two of five, no touchdowns and a pick. Um, I think the most, if you're, if you're Arlington, I think the scariest part about this is that you couldn't run the ball and that is not going to be good to come in next week, this week. Uh, and not be able to run the football on this uh, on this Houston team. They ended up with uh, 21 carries for 55 yards, and they had a long of 10. So realistically, you could be looking at 20 carries for 45 yards here. Um, and that was the quarterback who had the long of 10, Luis Perez. So, I mean, this is – yeah, this is – this was ugly. It was a very ugly game, and unfortunately – for Arlington. I believe we're going to see a lot of the same in this next week.
0: Yes, sir. I mean, you don't want to give, you don't want to give, um, you know, Houston, another, another look at your shitty offense. So I I don't, I don't think Bob Stoops is going to be able to cook up anything that, that Wade Phillips hasn't seen before. So finally, Kyle, the, the dessert of the evening, a fantastic performance from the Seattle sea dragons, and a terrible performance from the commentators. This was, it was wild. I mean, we had outlined what the Sea dragons needed with the score differential and all that pretty simply in our podcast last week. The, the problem was that the, the commentators didn't listen in because they kept saying that the, the magic number was 34 and um, you know, they, they didn't quite know how their own playoff system worked. Like they didn't, they didn't understand what, what Seattle actually had to do to get into the playoffs. Meanwhile, we, we knew that 28-9 that was a fine score, and that would, would get the job done. Ben DiNooch looked really, really good. Uh, in the second half, that's when they really came alive because this thing was still up, up for grabs, uh, you know, heading into halftime. What did you see in this game?
1: Well, I think realistically what you saw was – this is a Sea Dragons team that knew what they needed to do. They watched, and you know, it, it. They they were in a really good spot, right? Because of the Sunday night game, uh, the Battle Hawks played Saturday. They knew, realistically, all they had to do was win the football game and not give up a ton of points. So, you know, they went out there. They played really good football yet again. I mean, this is this has got to be if you're DC ready to go play the Sea Dragons this week. I think you got to be a little bit scared, honestly. Um, so, I mean, they didn't give up a point in the first half. I mean, they, they only scored six, but the third quarter was theirs. They scored 14. They still outscored them in the fourth. They just played really, really well um, throughout the whole thing. Uh, Jalen McClendon was somebody that we had talked about, which was kind of seemed like a bright spot over the last couple of weeks. Um, had a little bit of a rough one right he did yeah. <laughs> 6 for 21 for 201 um with a long of 84 which is uh five you know five for uh, 120 yards so you know it's listen this team is as i've stated before devoid of talent and they have some they have some some things they need to do the sea dragons on the other hand played well Nucci. Certainly didn't hurt his MVP calls here. Um, I think it might be something that's in the bag. You know, 26-41, 339, three touchdowns. He did throw the two picks, but he looked pretty good. He he did add another touchdown on the ground, four for 41. He's been fantastic running and, and being a dual-threat quarterback. Um, I think one of the biggest things, though, that we saw in this game was uh, – you know, it's something that we've we've been watching over and over. But this receiving core for Seattle, man. I mean, I I don't know if there's going to be a defense that can that can stand with this receiving core. So if we can see some some good defense out of Seattle this next week, I think DC could be in a little bit of trouble,
0: brother. I'm open. I mean, this is a, a you know a, a revenge game for the Danuch. I mean, the, the Sea Dragons. Had DC on the ropes early on this year, and he fumbled on the one yard line, like going into to take the lead. But the Sea Dragons, man, they handled business against the Vipers. I really, really thought Jalen McClendon was going to be something here, and maybe he is. The jury's still out. But boy, he he struggled, struggled mightily on Sunday. You know, even even with the bright lights. You know, the Vipers are they were a two and seven team coming into this. But I mean, this was prime time. There was a lot on the line. They knew it, and you know, you'd think they'd bring a little bit more. Maybe they just ran out of ran out of gas here, in the in you know after the first half. But so the Sea Dragons are in. They're taking on the Defenders, and the Arlington Renegades are taking on the Houston Roughnecks. That is the bracket. Where would you like to start? You want to start with the Saturday game?
1: Yeah, let's 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 start right there. You know what I mean? That's Bingo. what we've been doing all year. So let's let's not change it up now.
0: All right, you know, stick to what works. So we've got the Arlington Renegades. They are six and a half point dogs, and they are on the road now. Uh, both of these games have weather implications. It is going to be raining all weekend here in the Northeast. So that's that's the DC game, and there's actually a smattering of of rain dew in Houston as well. So. Uh, we've got the Renegades, they are six and a half point dogs. This total is 41. You can have the roughnecks on the money line minus 260, or you can take the renegades plus two fifteen. I feel like you're taking the roughnecks here. What are you what are you doing?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna uh I'm gonna be on the roughnecks here. Absolutely. Um I think last week was just a preview to, to the difference between these two teams. Um, especially when you throw some weather implications in here and, and there's some you know, there's some issues with slipperiness of the of the ball, throwing, catching, all of that, when you see that and you have those type of implications, most of the time teams turn to the run. And if last week was any sort of, um, you know, kind of pathway to victory for these teams, one team was able to run the ball really well and one team was not. And I think that that is going to be, you know, the The entire outline of this game, I think Houston rolls in this game yet again, like they did last week. I think this is going to be a nice, easy win for Houston. Uh, I expect a lot of yards on the ground.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't think those uh, those Bob Stoops boys are going to be able to stop anything that the the Roughnecks have up their sleeve. This one feels easy, so I, you know, I, I I'm kind of hesitant because when it feels this easy, it, it rarely is. But I think we've seen enough out of both of these teams. We know what's in the DNA. The Roughnecks are were really streaky. They they started the season 4-0, then they lost three straight, then they won three straight. That's kind of their MO. They're they're a streaky team. They just beat the piss out of this renegades team. And that was with you know just their their B team. I mean, and and their their probably C game plan. Uh, but we saw Cole McDonald really, really kind of shine. And you know, that that's exciting because he was a player to watch coming into, into this year. So, I like the Roughnecks. I'm gonna lay the six and a half. I don't feel good about it. Staying off the total, but I would lean under just because of the weather. So I'll I'll definitely be checking in on that tomorrow before game time. But uh, Sunday, sir, this one is is the one. This is why I, I have a green, orange, blue, and white hoodie. I'm not wearing it right now. I kind of I missed an opportunity. But uh, you did, yeah. The Seattle Sea Dragons, buddy. They're playing in D.C. They are three-point dogs. This total is set at 48.5, which is the highest total that we've seen all year. And it's kind of strange because we knew that the Battlehawks had to score points and the Sea Dragons had to score points. This one, you know, it's just set at 48.5. They're saying, let these guys fucking let them shoot it out. The Sea Dragons are plus 145 on the money line. The Defenders minus 165. What are you doing? And I, I hope we agree.
1: Well, I think this game is going to come down to a couple couple things. Number one is how well the Sea Dragons can play defense against this DC team and 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 where they can stand. Um I think another thing that this is going to come down to is weather. Um if it is going to be bad, I mean, listen, this is this is too really good quarterbacks, right? Especially in this league, Um, you know, especially in the dual threat sense of it. You know, you have Ta'amu who has ran the ball really, really well, but has passed surprisingly well. He actually has um, 8.3 yards per attempt, which uh, if I'm correct, leads the league. So uh, where he doesn't have as many yards as, as Danucci and McCarron and some of those guys, um, He's 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 getting pretty nice chunks when he does throw the ball, um, and a big thing that he is doing in this league that he wasn't able to do, um, you know, in the USFL last year is not turn it over as much. Yeah. He's only got three interceptions on the year, which is huge. Um, you know, you want to look at rushing. He's he's got sixty-seven attempts, two hundred ninety-eight yards, three touchdowns on those. He's a really really du- good dual threat quarterback, and on the other side probably the MVP of this league. Ben DiNucci leads the league in passing yards, 2,600, Uh, 20 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. You'd like for him to not turn it over quite as
0: much. Listen, the guy throws it to anybody that's open. Anybody. Yeah, even if, doesn't even matter if they what, have a
1: different color jersey on. Bingo. It doesn't which, matter what color jersey you're wearing. Yeah. So that's going to be um, a really big thing is turnover battle because, you know, you, you go through and, and right above Te'amu on the rushing stats is Ben Danucci, 53 attempts, 305 yards, three touchdowns as well. So this is the, the two premier quarterbacks in this league, especially when you want to look at, uh, you know, dual threat. So I think that this, this is two teams really that, that, Line up pretty well against each other. Um, personally, what I would like to have seen is I would like to have seen Seattle on one side, probably playing Houston and uh, you know Arlington playing D.C. here because I think that this game here is more of the championship game. And I think what we're going to see, uh, I'm going to be on Seattle outright here. I like Seattle's chances, and it's for a couple of reasons. Number one, I don't like Jordan Dayamu in big games. Sorry, give me the denouch over him. Number two, momentum. DC has kind of been on cruise control. Um, they just played a, a full game against the Brahmas. And listen, I know the Brahmas were, were close to a, a a playoff spot, right? But realistically, the Browns are three and seventeen. They were three and six at the time. That's not a team that you want to go out there and not play your best game against. The week before that, did they have a good game? No. No, they didn't. They didn't play well the week before that. So um what what, what was the week before that? They had uh, you know, they 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 barely beat Seattle that 34-33 game. Um, Arlington, they beat by two the next week. Then they come out, they beat uh, the Brahmins by one, and now they're gonna have to come out here and play Seattle again. Seattle has been on a tear since that DC loss and before that DC loss. Um, I I I don't like Teyami in this game. I think Seattle has much more uh, momentum going to this game, and I think that if I'm gonna put my trust into somebody in a game that might be, you know, a little little wet and wild, it's gonna be uh, Mr. Benzanucci.
0: Yeah, man, I I, I kind of this one's tough for me, man, because you know I, I I've developed a fandom, you know, a real fandom for the Sea Dragons team. They're exciting to watch, and you know the, the nothing about the DC Defenders is is exciting. I mean, their running game is solid. Um, they've gotten good quarterback play out of Te'amu this year. They're nine and one. I mean, their only blemish is to the one and nine Guardians, which you know it it, it it's kind of. Kind of a strange loss, you know, the further that the season went on. But this Sea Dragons team, man, they they won seven out of their last eight. Uh, it was a one-point loss of the defenders, like he said. And then the week one loss to the defenders was when Danucci fumbled on the one-yard line. So, you know, the, the Sea Dragons have been in both games with the defenders. They both could have gone either way. It's tough to beat a team three times. That's what the old adage says. You know, they, it's tough to beat a team three times especially when when it's these two good caliber teams. It's unfortunate that this is probably the championship game here. I mean, either one of these teams are just going to absolutely pickle drag the other side uh, in two weeks for the yes. extreme cup or whatever it's called. But um, gun to my head, I'm taking the Sea Dragons. You know, I'll, I'll I'll probably take the points. Um, you know, just a field goal seems like it, it might come into play with, with how the two – other defender sea dragon games have gone so i'll take the value i'll take the 3 i would definitely stay away from this this total i mean you know weather games especially with with good teams with bad teams it's kind of easier to say it would go under but but good teams play a little more defense that defenders team is is you know season long have been good last week they were not the sea dragons defense has gotten better this season with exception against the defenders, so it, I mean it's it's tough to tell. I would stay off the total, but I'm going to take the Sea Dragons here plus the three.
1: Yeah, I, I think staying off the total is the right move. Um, I mean, what do you what are you expecting to see here? You know what I mean? It, especially if it's rainy, you know you're going to see two two good teams, but one of the big things that Seattle's been able to do all year we 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 hit on it a little bit ago is their wide receivers, right? So if the games if it's a downpour, if it's raining his balls off or whatever it may be, it's gonna be tough to get the ball to some of those guys, you know. It's it's gonna be tough for, you know, the wide receivers to to be catching and 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 really, you know, getting a lot of yak and, and different things. So I think the rain may hurt Seattle a little bit. And one of the big things about Seattle all year is they've they've definitely put up points. So if they can't put up points, they're gonna be in a little bit of trouble. And that would certainly put this total in the trouble. So I think that's a smart move to stay off that.
0: Bingo! All right, man. So that that wraps up the XFL. My Sea Dragons' future breathes on for one more week. So that that's good news. Um, I'd just be just be awesome to get that one home. So let's talk about the USFL, dude. The better uh, league, in my opinion. The first game we saw was the. Uh, what game was that? It was the Gamblers, the Houston Gamblers, against the New Orleans Breakers. The Breakers moved to 2-0. They take care of business 38-31. to Their defense looked like shit. Um, the Gamblers looked pretty inept on offense in Week 1. They looked a little bit better against this Breakers defense, which is very, very surprising. Uh, our guy, Bethel Thompson, McLeod Bethel Thompson, looked pretty good. He was 23-34, 251 and two touchdowns. They got it going on the on the ground. Hills, 18 for 110, three touchdowns. So that was probably the uh, the difference in this game. But did you watch it and what went wrong with the breakers defense? Why did Kenji Bahar
1: look competent? Uh so I did watch. Um and what I saw was it was it was weird, right? Because um the breakers were getting beat deep a lot. Um, it was a lot of big plays. Um, Bahar, listen, hats off to him. He was he was throwing the ball in some pretty good spots in some of these. There was one uh, where he 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 had a guy streaking kind of down the the sideline a little bit towards the left side and just put an absolute. Beautiful pass directly in the guy's hands where the breakers team couldn't get to it, the defenders couldn't get to it. Um, for a touchdown, it was beautiful. Um, listen, they did the defense didn't play well here. Um, it, they got hit on a lot of big plays passing wise. Uh, the run, I mean, it, it was they just had Houston kept them so off balance, right? They were hitting them kind of over the top, and then every time. Uh, New Orleans would kind of back off the the line of scrimmage a little bit and give him a little space. Um, They'd run the ball with pleasure, and he ended up with 18 attempts for 94 yards um, with a touchdown. He looked pretty good, and it was just they never seemed to understand or really figure out um, kind of what Houston wanted to do. And I don't know if that's a coaching thing, if it's a you know on the field adjustment thing. I'm sure it's something they're going to address because it is a really good defense. Um, you know, as, and as good as Bahar was, he did throw three interceptions as well. They they did end up you know able to make a few plays. Listen, this is a this is a a really good defense, but they're also very ball hockey, and sometimes, as you know. When you are a ball call, ball hawk defense, or, or or defensive back, whatever it may be, sometimes you get beat a little bit, you know, and that's kind of what happened in this game. That's why it was so close. Um, and then on the other side, Houston's defense is is still inept. Bethel Thompson looked looked really good, 23-34 um, is certainly nothing to you know shake a stick at. And all in all, I think uh, I do think the better team won. So it was a it was a game that. I expected more out of the Breakers' defense, but listen, when the offense is, is running like that, this was a game last year that they would have lost, and Bethel Thompson coming in and being able to kind of right the ship offensively is the difference, and that's why this team is going to win games like this now, and they're going to be able to, if the defense is having an off day or or you know giving up some points, they're going to be able to stick with teams, and that's the biggest difference between this team last year and the team this year.
0: I agree um coach Steve Filippo better figure out that defense though I mean you're right they would have lost that game last week um but they didn't you know mcLeod Bethel Thompson that's my dude he's got a great beard spins the rock in you know at an elite level for for a summer league I mean the guy just won a great cup in in Canada so he's the real deal and they got us the cover they they got us both the cover we were on the the minus six and a half so we'll take it and we'll just move on so um the next game we saw was I'm waiting for my computer to load because I, I can't really remember. Oh how can Stallions. I forget? How can I forget, Kyle? The Birmingham Stallions just took the Memphis showboats out behind the woodshed, told them to pick a switch and didn't stop for four quarters. It was forty-two to two. Did you see the the after game handshake?
1: Um no, I, I turned this off before I could see any of that. It was, yeah. it was disgusting to watch. I didn't want to watch any of it anymore. Uh, it was the middle of the game and I, I didn't want to watch it anymore. I mean, it was, it was pitiful by, by the showboats. It was, it was disgusting to watch. Birmingham got up early at 21 nothing at half. Memphis just couldn't finish anything, couldn't figure it out. Um, they got a, a, a random two in the third quarter. But Birmingham puts another two touchdowns up on them. I mean, it was it was ugly. I didn't want to see anything about this game after it was over. Yeah, so
0: what happened was, what I'm referring to is the, the Birmingham Stallions, on their last drive, they they punched it in. I think it was a 15-play, 95-yard touchdown drive with under two minutes to go. And Skip Holtz called a play before the two-minute warning, right? And they, they ran it afterwards, Todd Haley, who sucks, who's an absolute dope <laughs> took exception to it. And he's like, you know, about calling the play before the two minute warning and skip Holt said, man, I'm just calling a football game. And Todd Haley said, we'll remember this. Well, listen, buddy, you better, you better remember. You just <laughs> lost 42 to two. You, you have one of the worst teams in the league. You are probably the worst coach in the league. The guy is an absolute moron. And, uh, yeah, I mean, th- this Birmingham Stallions team is leaps and bounds ahead of anybody in this league, and uh, there's no way around it. So not much to take away from there. It was just an absolute shellacking. So uh, Sunday came, Kyle, and we saw the New Jersey Generals, this was our lock of the week, beat the Pittsburgh Maulers 20-3. to That Maulers team still hasn't scored an offensive touchdown this year. The Generals were never in doubt. What would you take away here?
1: Uh, exactly what we thought. You know, we we weren't we didn't want to get too high on on you know recency bias right we didn't we saw pittsburgh not be good the first week right and we didn't want to go too crazy and think that they could be better than than what they were and you know we were right Quarterbacks, they're they're in trouble they they don't run the ball well um if anything was going to save this team it was it's going to be their defense um and the defense played okay I don't think they played bad. They, you know, for the Generals, uh, Johnson was nine of thirteen, you know, for a hundred yards. Nothing crazy. They only had one thirty-six through the air because Prukup came in a couple times, completed four passes, um, and had a touchdown. But you know, one touchdown through the air. They didn't turn the ball over, but they didn't get a ton of yards. The Generals have always been able to run the ball pretty well too, and in this game. It wasn't crazy. 33 for 112 with a touchdown. Uh, I mean, listen, Pittsburgh played pretty good defense in this game. Their issue in this game and what it's going to be all year is offensively. They're not a good offensive team. And it doesn't matter, quarterback, running backs, it doesn't matter. You're, you're in some, some trouble here. So this was a, a, a game that we, you know, like you said, it was our lock of the week. We knew kind of where it was going to be. New Jersey lost the first week uh, to Birmingham. And after what they just did to Memphis, that loss looks even better. Um, and that one wasn't particularly close. So, you know, it it looks even better. Pittsburgh looks to be just atrocious. Um, and somehow they still put up more points than what Memphis did. And <laughs> it's, you know, it, this is what we saw. We knew that there's two teams that are below everybody else, and that's Memphis and this Pittsburgh team. And it played out exactly like we thought.
0: Yeah, man, not, not really much to touch on here. Um, the general was wearing control. This bet was never in doubt. It, it, it just, the, the Maulers stank offensively. And you know, I, I have no idea when they're going to score an offensive touchdown, I guess whenever they play the showboat. So we'll, we'll see when that happens, but the final game of the week, Kyle, it, it kind of proved something that we knew that this Panthers team was better than they were last year by leaps and bounds. Um, but they beat up on our stars pretty good. It was twenty-four to ten. Cookus looked lost. I'm gonna blame it on the weather because I mean it was it was raining his balls off this you know for this game. Uh, the stars are more of a dome team, so we'll we'll get to see that this week. Um, but what did you take away from this? This Panthers team
1: looked pretty darn good. Yeah, I, um, honestly, I kind of had a different view of this game than you a little bit. Um, yeah, the the stars didn't play well. Cookus didn't look great. Um, to me, the difference here, I mean, you know, the final score is 24 to 10. To me, the difference here was, uh, you know, finishing drives. Um, you know, the stars had, you know, almost a hundred more passing yards. They didn't run the ball well. Um, but like we said, you know, they, they were down. They had to kind of throw the ball a little bit. They ended up with four turnovers. Two of them were fumbles, which is uncharacteristic for this team. Um, they had four red zone attempts and only Put it in, you know, in in the end zone once. So I think this was a um, a game that it was weird, right? Um, they just couldn't they couldn't get things going. It was it was you know they I mean I guess they could get them going they, they couldn't finish when they got things going. You know, um, Colburn. I mean, nine of twenty three. He got kind of stood up, but they this this Panthers team kind of knew. Cookus was a little bit off, right? So what do you do when that happens and you, you, you can't grip the ball that well because it's it's a you know raining all over the place. You kind of stacked the box a little bit. You know what I mean? And that's that's what they did. Um it, it was it was a bad day. Corey Coleman, I thought looked good, and that was um I thought that was still really a big part for for this team. Ended with seven receptions, fifty-nine yards. Listen, I think that... Without the weather, this is a different game. If Philly can finish those drives, I think this is a different game. Uh, With that said, man, the Panthers look good, though. (laughs) Um, Love, you know, really hurt his completion percentage from week one. I mean, he was 15 of 30, 174 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Um, You know, they, they ran the ball much better. That was the difference in this game. Um, Corbin had 11 attempts for 131 yards. It was, you know, two touchdowns. That was, that was the difference in this game is that they were able to run the football. And if anything, as a Philly star fan that we can take from this is we need to shore up that middle of that defense a little bit because they were getting chunked a couple of times. Um, Michigan was able to stay on the field on some third downs with that, uh, running the football which is certainly not what you want to do especially in a rain game you want to make sure that they pass i think there was a little bit of coaching a little bit of uh you know weather issues that that really put this game to where it was so i can't take too much of this because of what we saw because if you look at the panthers stats as well yeah they scored 24 but there was a lot of turnovers which is uncharacteristic to the stars and they didn't play great offensively either, so I think this was kind of a wash game. It's going to go down as a loss for, for Philly and a, and a win for Michigan, but I look at it a little bit different. I look at it like that.
0: Well, you know, I, I like the positive spin, buddy, but you know, my my eyes tell a different story. It's just the the stars didn't look right. I think this week is going to going to tell us a lot uh, because we 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 get back in the safety of a dome. Uh good weather. I mean, th- this team with, with Bert Andrews calling the shots, they just, you know, they throw the ball a ton, you know, 50 times a game is, is ideal. It's a lot of check downs, um, you know, and levels, concepts, so you can stretch the field later. But um, you know, it, it's it's rain is a nightmare for a team like this. So uh let's break down the slate here, buddy, and you know, try and find some best bets. So Saturday starts off 12:30 Eastern Standard Time. We got the New Orleans Breakers. Heading to Birmingham. Uh, Birmingham's got the the true home field advantage in this league. The Breakers are six and a half point dogs. The total is set at 48 and a half. The Breakers are plus 215 on the money line. The Stallions minus 260. What
1: are you doing here? Uh, I'm going to take the Breakers with a point. Um, I, think right. a yeah. I think it's a lot. I think it's a lot. Anytime you're going against a team with a defense like this, I think that's a lot of points. But what we've seen from the Breakers this year is a much better offense. And Birmingham has been the, you know, creme de la creme of this league since the inception of this league. So it's, I think that there's a little bit of recency bias after that Memphis game. Listen, Memphis and the Breakers are two very, very different teams. And I think what I like here, I mean, I'd love to throw, a little bit of money on the, on the breakers money lines. I might, I might throw a little bit of half unit personally on the money line as well. But um, for my official pick, I think six and a half is too much. I think this team is better than that. So I, I think, I think that that's where it's going to be. I I like this defense and I like Bethel Thompson.
0: I agree, sir. Um, You know, Bethel Thompson is a real difference maker for this, this breakers team. It gives them a whole new element that they didn't have last year. Birmingham is the very best team in this league. No ifs, ands or buts about it. Um, You know, hopefully somebody catches up uh, as the season goes on. But right now, man, Birmingham is leaps and bounds above anybody else in this league. With that being said, I think six and a half is a ton, especially with the quality of the breakers defense. Uh, If they have a good day, this thing is a one score game. I like it. Give me the six and a half. And again, I'm going to stay off the total. So, just the breakers and the points for me, and we'll move on to the 7 o'clock game, the primetime game. The schedule makers, what a dirty trick this is. The Memphis <laughs> Showboats, five-point dogs taking on the Houston Gamblers. The, the Showboats are plus 180 on the money line. The Gamblers, you can have a minus
1: 220. The total,
0: 43. I
1: don't know what to do with this game, Kyle. <laughs> Well, listen, just like uh, the game before it, somebody's O has got to go. It's just uh, it's on the other side of the column. It's in the win column. Um, Listen, I think that this game is it's a really tough game to kind of figure out. I think that the only thing that we can do here is just run money line on the gamblers. I think that's the only smart play, in my opinion. Uh, We've seen more out of them. Uh, Memphis is coming off. You know, I don't want to hit recency bias that bad after the game of Birmingham, but Houston's coming off at least something they can build off of. Um, you know, playing playing that game last week, and you know, you you at least scored a good amount of points on a good defense, and I think that their offense is going to be able to build off of that. Uh, I think that. Kenji Bahar is, is going to feel better about himself, which is going to be very important in a game like this. Um, and I think Houston knows that they're they're not as bad as as Memphis and Pittsburgh. And that gives them kind of a, a next-level uh, confidence boost, I think, that's going to really help in this game. So I think the smart play is whatever we can get it at, I think bet whatever you have to to win a unit uh, for the Houston money line here.
0: Kyle we're we're in lockstep again. I, I think uh maybe we just share a brain when it comes to this league. We don't we don't disagree much. I I mean listen, it's very possible the showboats win. It could happen. It's a football game, you know, you, you have in the NFL when you take when you take a dog like this, at least you know you're getting a squad of NFL players. In this one, you know, maybe you're getting some grocers. Maybe you're getting a gas station attendant. Maybe you're getting a, a furniture mover. Who some knows? Grocers, <laughs> yes, yeah, some, some grocers, not named Kurt Warner. Yes. So you, you don't know what you're getting. But I think with Kenji Bahar, um, we're not getting an NFL talent. I'll tell you that. But I think I think he's good enough in a spring league dual threat. Uh, I think he can make enough throws, and I think he's got the confidence, irrational confidence, to keep slinging it. Uh, you know they they we'll we'll see. We'll see. But I will I will tell you on this. I'll I'll lay the 2.2 units to win a unit on the Houston Gamblers. I'm gonna shop it though, because I you know, last week we 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 found much better prices at other books. I'm just looking at one right here. So we'll we'll uh we'll shop this line. But as for right now, uh I'll take the Houston Gamblers on the money line. Next up, the Pittsburgh Maulers, Kyle. They're six and a half point dogs against our Philly stars. Now, this is in a dome. It's it's a home game for Philly, but it's it's in Detroit. Uh the total is 42. You can have the Maulers on the money line plus 215. You can lay 260 with the stars. What are you doing?
1: Um I'm I'm gonna take the stars. I'm gonna I'm gonna give the points. Uh I know six and a half is a lot. Uh you know, we talked about it uh, you know, on the Saturday slate. It's it, six and a half is a lot in this league, but there's not much about Pittsburgh. That really makes you feel good, and you know, it's six, you know, we talked about the the Birmingham Breakers game. Six and a half is a lot when you have a good offense and you have a, you know, probably the top defense. So in this game, I, I do like Pittsburgh's defense. I think their defense is good, and the issue is going to come down to the offense. Their offense is pitiful. They haven't scored a touchdown. Do they score one this week? Maybe, but they've looked really bad, man. I don't, I don't, I can't, I can't put any money on a team to cover a spread. That's under seven. When they can't score a touchdown. I just can't. I I don't, I don't, I know the law of averages. Eventually this team's going to maybe even out and be able to score a little bit. But right now, I think this Philly stars is coming off a game that they are very unhappy with how they played. Uh, They only put 10 points up, but, Even with just putting 10 points up, with what Pittsburgh's done so far, they're still going to cover this spread. So I think that you know the only play here is the Stars minus the 6.5. I think that's the best play. I think this team's going to come out, and we're going to see this team really kind of finishing drives, which is what we didn't see last week. So I feel very comfortable throwing a unit on the Stars minus the 6.5 this week. Buddy, I'm just going to read off a couple stats. Now, it's only two
0: weeks. You know, this, this is two games old, but Pittsburgh, right? No, no touchdowns. 18 points, no touchdowns. That's nine points a game. Passing yards per game, 82 and a half. Laughable. Rushing yards per game, 77 and a half. Opponents points per game, 21. And uh, so they're not even averaging 100 yards of, of passing or rushing. And they're at uh, 160 overall. That's terrible. This offense absolutely stinks. Philly, lock it up. That's the backdoor cover network play of the week, I would say. Let's lay the six and a half against Pittsburgh. This this Philly Stars team, like I said, they're in a dome. They're going to be able to do whatever they want to do, um, and that is toss the rock around the yard. Can't see any any issues here. Corey Coleman probably going to get loose. Cookus will probably be comfortable in that pocket. I, I look for Philly to absolutely smash the Pittsburgh Maulers. Um, And then finally, Kyle, in the the finale, we've got Jersey Generals against the Michigan Panthers, which is all of a sudden a pretty good game. You know, in week zero, when we were previewing this thing, this game wouldn't even be on the radar, but now it is. And the Generals are five-point dogs. Unbelievable. The total is 42.5. You can have the Generals plus 175 on the money line, or you can have the Michigan Panthers minus 210, Um, again, this Panthers team is vastly improved without Jeff Fisher. I'm kind of leaning the generals here. What are you looking at?
1: Um, I'm not leaning the generals. Um, I'm actually going very heavy on the generals. I think, okay. I think that this is, this is a little bit crazy, uh, where we are. Listen, New Jersey was a, a top flight team in this league last year, right? They're one and one right now because they played Birmingham there probably isn't another team in this league that would have beat New Jersey week one. So I look at this, and I – I listen, Michigan Panthers have been great at this point, and I think that they are on the right track. But week one, they played an absolutely pitiful team. Week two, they played the Stars in a monsoon. Now it's going to be your team – in the best of conditions versus my team in the best conditions. And I think New Jersey's still a better team overall. Um, I'm surprised that this is as many points as it is, um, which is why I'm going to put a unit on the generals here uh, with the points. But I think that generals can actually win this game pretty well as well. So I'm actually going to throw a half unit as well on the money line, because I think that that's a little bit of the sharper play in this. I think the value is, is, is too good to give up the points, but – I think throwing an extra half unit on a very, very possible outcome there, worst case scenario, I, I I feel 95% that the generals at least cover in this game. So even if we somehow, they don't win this game outright, and we don't take that one, we're still coming away with this with a little bit of chunk of money.
0: Buddy, this is a live dog money line, 100%. If you're a parlay better, I, I feel like this needs to be in in some of your parlays as a you know a leg to just multiply your winnings. I love the plus one seventy five. I'm gonna hammer the the uh you know the five points that we're getting four and a half I, I would have slammed as well. Five is kind of a dead number, whatever. But I, I really like this money line. The Panthers man, maybe they're starting to read their own newspaper clippings. You know, they're <laughs> the darling of the USFL right now. I think this is a good team but I, I think the generals I'm gonna I'm going to stand pat on my, my preseason rankings and what I've seen so far this year. You can't put much stock in that Birmingham loss. This general's team is, is pretty darn good. So uh, give me the five points, but I'm going to sprinkle that money line as well. And I'm probably going to put it in a, a, you know, some sort of dog parlay, um, you know, with, with all the football and basketball and hockey this week. So love that buddy. And that, that wraps it up. Is there anything else you want to talk about?
1: No, I think, uh, I think we're sitting pretty good this week, you know. Um, you know, just going through, I just wanted to go through and put my bets in now on that game because I, I can't believe where it's at. I don't think, just getting back to that game, I I don't think that Vegas and the odds Makers are terribly wrong by having New Jersey as the underdog. But I was thinking more around like two and a half. Maybe we'd be lucky if we found a three somewhere. That would have been, you know, the right play in my opinion. But where we are right now is is wild to me, um, and I think that you're going to see a lot of money on this game. I think the line's going to move, so I would get it as soon as you can. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, listen, we're we're live here. You know what I mean? We've we've successfully transitioned uh, into the the backdoor cover network. We we ran our draft show live. We're we're running. The, the new show's live. I know we just had a live betting everything with wheels for the races this weekend. Listen, we're 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 coming up hot, you know? We're coming up very hot and get into the book club. That's all I can tell you. You know, we we we're sitting there, you know, I'm waiting for, you know, to see what this uh Dodgers game is gonna do as well. But we put out a uh, four picks baseball uh today and is that is that Dodgers game over as well? Um checking it out. Dodgers lost today. So we put out put out a couple of picks. Ended up going one to one. Two of the games we had on there were postponed. Um but those were those were the lower picks, if anybody can believe it. Um those were the secondary picks that we put out. We we try and save all the real gems for all the for all the people in the book club. So Arch it was, was uh, Arch was four and one. So there for, we go. Yeah, there, there you go so four and one so listen we give out free plays that we still like and 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 stuff that we're playing but if you want all the best stuff if you want the racing stuff early if you want all the stuff that we do live and 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 talking about there's also some pretty sharp guys that we have in the book club as well so they're putting out a lot of user bets that that everybody can kind of talk about there's there's really good conversation in there so get in the book club as soon as you can the dgens.net, um, Get into our link tree. We've we've got Twitter. We've we've got everything, um, and that that's really it, man. We're, I think I think we're on to something really good here, especially with this live stuff. Yeah, man, this
0: live thing is pretty cool. We had a lot of user interaction uh, last night during the draft show, which was fun. We got off topic a, a ton over that that three hour window, and there was just so much laughing. I mean that that, that was that was just a great time. So really enjoyed that. Uh, you can join the book club at the djns.net three-day free trial 25 bucks after that you get all the racing plays before anybody else um you know arch post a, a dart card every day mlb card every day so that's the end of the commercial kyle speaker spanish
1: that's it everybody will uh let's have a good week in the xfl and usfl and uh until next time adios muchachos
0: Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will owners, operators, or guests of this podcast be liable for damages related to its contents.